Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast, featuring Dr. George Cannon. This podcast is a ministry of the Kerbinsville Christian Church. Finding Clarity seeks to answer your questions about Christianity. Here's George as he looks at this week's question. Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast. This is episode 13, and I'm George Cannon, and we're here today to take some time to work through and wrestle through questions that you might have about Christianity. I just want to say we are so glad that you are a listener. If you're a consistent listener of the podcast, we want to thank you for your support. If this is your first time, we're glad that you're listening, and what we try to do with this podcast is answer questions that you might have or others might have concerning Christianity. Today we're going to really look at an issue that a lot of people struggle with. I think one of the greatest struggles for believers has to do with prayer. And so we're going to talk a little bit about prayer today. Specifically, because prayer is such a struggle for Christians, we're often confused about what we can say or what we should say when we pray. In fact, I'm often confronted with people saying, well, why do I need to pray if God already knows? And they get this from the Gospel of Matthew. Because in the Gospel of Matthew, in the sixth chapter, Jesus says this, Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. And so what happens is a lot of people are like, well, you know what, if, if I'm not supposed to come before him and tell him what my needs are, then why do I need to pray? So what we're going to do today is we're going to try to wrestle with that question. We're going to try to come to a conclusion biblically. In fact, right from that passage, Matthew chapter 6, we're going to come to some conclusions about the need for prayer in your life and try to answer that question. Why do you need to pray if he already knows. And you might be surprised as to what Jesus is actually trying to say here in this passage. Now, when you have that question, you need to understand, when you ask questions like that, sometimes there's an underlying factor that's going on. When somebody says, why do I need to pray if he already knows? What's being revealed there is something about the person who's saying that. What do you mean by that, George? Well, what I mean is, is that when somebody says, why should I pray if God already knows, that's really reflecting one of two things. Number one, you either misunderstand what prayer is about, or number two, you're ignorant about what prayer is about. If, if your concept of prayer is, it's simply me asking God for things, then when Jesus says what he says in verse 8 of chapter 6 in Matthew, then it's like, okay, well, why should I bother to pray? So it's either you misunderstand what the nature of prayer is, or you are ignorant of what really prayer is. And I would say, you know, having pastored for a while now, and as I interact with people, when we talk about the issue of prayer and the lack of prayer in the church, in fact, that's I hear more complaints about that than ever, especially from older saints who remember 
when there was a lot more prayer in church. But when you look at church today, prayer does not seem to be the priority in church as it once did. It's not a priority among people. And I would say it's because of this issue. They are either misunderstanding prayer or they're ignorant of what prayer really is. So in order to understand why Jesus said what he says, why don't we look at the whole context of what's going on here? Chapter 6 is part of what's known as the Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is going through various issues concerning what it is to be a part of the kingdom. And he comes to the issue of hypocrisy and what true spirituality is. So then in chapter 6, he's going to discuss the issue of hypocrisy and the issue of prayer. So listen to the context of the passage. Verse 5, he says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret, will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, so what's going on in this passage? Well, what we're seeing here is Jesus is contrasting hypocrisy or false spirituality with true spirituality. When we get to verse 5, he's going to talk about hypocrisy in verse 5. He's going to then to turn around and say in verse 6 what we should be doing. He's going to point out false spirituality in verse 7, turn around in verse 8 telling us what we need to do. And then in verses 9 through 13, he gives us the model prayer. So let's take these one by one and understand what he's going through. And I think you're going to understand what Jesus is saying. And hopefully that'll answer your question about prayer. So first of all, verse 5, he says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand in the synagogues and on the corner of streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. First thing Jesus is saying is that when you pray, your prayer is not to be selfish and self-seeking. Your prayer is not to be selfish and self-seeking. Meaning, when you pray, you should not be praying in order to draw attention to yourself. And that can happen. You can pray by using grandiose spiritual language so that people around you say, oh man, what a, what a spiritual guy that is, or what a spiritual gal that is. Listen to the way they pray. Wow. I wish I was like that. Look at their, their knowledge of the Bible because when they pray, they pray like that. What's going on there is, is that it's possible 
that when you pray like that, you're actually praying so that you draw attention to yourself. So the first thing Jesus is saying, this is not about, prayer's not about you drawing attention to yourself. Why do I say that? Because in verse 6, he says, when you pray, you get away quietly. You go somewhere quietly. Now here he says, when you go, go in your room. I know some, some of the older translations say closet. It's actually meaning room there. It's not talking about a closet like we would have in North America. But you go into a room privately and pray, and God sees you in private because prayer is not about you. Prayer is not about the focus being on you. Prayer is about the focus being on God. That's the issue here. Then he goes on in verse 7 and again shows us what false spirituality is. Here he says, when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathen do. Other translation would be, do not use vain repetition as the Gentiles do. So he's talking about those who adhere to a false religion. So when you talk about prayer, don't think of it in terms of what everybody around the world is doing who's not a believer. Don't think of it that way. Don't go and make vain repetition. What's vain repetition? Well, constantly saying the same words over and over. Oh God, oh God, oh God, hear me, hear me, hear me, answer my prayer. And constantly repeating like you're trying to get the attention of God. For they think that they will be heard, Jesus said, for their many words. They're they're acting that way, thinking that they're going to manipulate a God into hearing them. That's what the Gentiles do. You know, a lot of times when you think about the way that we pray, a lot of times it has to do with what we fall into the same trap of wanting to manipulate God into listening to us and giving us what we want. So then Jesus comes along in verse 8, and he very clearly says, therefore don't be like them. Don't be like those folks who are trying to manipulate God. Why shouldn't we be like that? Well, because he tells us in verse 8, Because prayer is a whole lot more than asking, since God already knows what your needs are. Now let's stop for a moment. I think we already know that, right? God knows everything about my life. He knows exactly what's happening in my life. He knows more details about what's happening in my life than I do. He knows what my needs are. So he already knows what's going on. So the issue of prayer isn't that I'm trying to manipulate him into answering me to get what I want to see an answer for my prayer request. Jesus is coming along and saying, don't be like those Gentiles who are trying to get God to listen to them. You already have God's attention. God already knows what your needs are. The issue isn't asking. The issue is spending time with him. It's the relationship. Do you see what I'm saying? Jesus, first of all, starts off talking about don't be like the one who stands on the corner drawing attention to yourself because this isn't about you. You go in a secret room, you meet with them and talk. This is about a relationship. In fact, I think about that for a moment. You know, I watch this in dating couples now. I remember when I was dating my wife. You know, there are times when you have group conversation, when people are around and everybody sees you. 
But there are times when that significant other that you are with, that person that you are, are wanting to develop that intimate relationship with, there are times where you want to, quote, get alone with them, and you do it apart from the rest of the group in order to have meaningful conversation, in order to see your relationship develop. This is what Jesus is talking about. This is not about impressing other people. This is about getting alone with the person you love. And then he says, when you get with that person, you don't spend your time trying to manipulate them. You spend your time having a relationship with them because in the instance of God, he already knows what your needs are. So, okay, let's, let's get back to what I said earlier. When you have someone who says, well, why should I pray since God already knows? You either, when you make that kind of statement, don't truly understand what prayer is. Or, you've misunderstood. It's one or the other. You're either ignorant or you've misunderstood. In both instances, you have missed the reality of what prayer truly is. Prayer is simply talking to God one-on-one. And true prayer is the intimate conversation between the believer or follower of Jesus Christ and God in heaven. It's an intimate thing. And I think if we begin to realize that, that's going to change the whole struggle of our life. It's not manipulation. It's not focusing on ourselves. It's going to the one who truly understands us better than anyone else and having a relationship with him. Yes, in my conversation with him, I will bring up the things that I have need of. He already knows that you're going to bring them up. He already knows that you have those needs. But the greater thing is the relationship with us. In fact, I think that's very much reflected all the way back in the Garden of Eden. When it records in Genesis that he walked in the cool of the garden with them. He walked in the cool of the garden. Why? He had a relationship with them. And when you see that throughout the Old Testament, whether it's Abraham or Moses or Joshua or even David, they met with God, some of them face to face. And it expresses a level of intimacy. Okay, so how can we gain help from this? Well, you know what? All of us struggle with prayer. All of us wrestle with prayer. I think if you and I begin to change our mindset about prayer and move away from a thought of it being a simple religious exercise or or a, a means of manipulating God and move it to the level of it is my personal contact with the Heavenly Father, I think you're going to see a change. I think you're going to see that prayer becomes more meaningful. Something to think about. Finding Clarity Podcast is an opportunity for you and I to wrestle with questions concerning Christianity. And we are very interested in knowing what your questions are. You might be there and you say, hey, George, I've got a question. How do I get that to you? 
Well, there are several ways that you can let us know your question. If you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com, Finding Clarity Podcast, you can message us through the page and say, hey, here's my question. Or you could write on our wall and say, hey, I have this question. We'll try to get to it and answer it for you. You can also go to our website, kerbinsvillechristianchurch.org. And if you go to the contact page, you'll see that there's a form there that you can fill out and and send a question to us. In fact, that way, you don't have to fill in the information concerning your name and your email. You can just send the question, and we will try to get to the question and answer it for you. If you attend the Kerwinsville Christian Church, you can come up and ask me any question anytime, or just simply put it in the offering. It'll get to me, and we can address it here. Now, while I'm saying about church, maybe you are in our area, and you're listening you're a regular listener, but you don't have a church home, we would encourage you to come to our church. We're located on 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. Our services start at 1045 is the morning service. We would encourage you to come. We're a come-as-you-are church. You can dress anyway, and you can come and hear about God, about Jesus, and the relationship you can have with him. Next week, we're going to wrestle with a question that we've heard from several different people, and it has to do with hearing God. It has to do with how do I distinguish the voice of God in my life versus the other voices that are in my life. And so we're going to look at it next week. We're going to look at what is the voice of God, the voice of the Holy Spirit, how do we know that, and what are the other voices that influence us? In our lives. How do we distinguish that from the voice of God? Look forward to wrestling with that next week. We trust that you'll have a great week. Take care.